Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max, and listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. Hey, Greta here. Before we get to today's episode, we are doing something fun next week and we would love your help. We want to hear your shout outs for your friends for Valentine's Day or Valentine's Day, whichever you prefer. Just record a nice, sweet little thing about a nice, sweet little person in your life and email it to nerdatpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you. From WBEZ Chicago, this is Nerdette. I'm Greta Johnson. We did it. We made it to another weekend. Coming up, our friend Shilpa Uskokovic offers up some extra comforting meals to help make the most of your winter. It is the perfect time to be indoors, have like your oven on with something low, slow, that takes a long time. But first, it's our chance to sit back and unwind from the week with two excellent humans. With us this week is the host of CityCast Chicago, Jacoby Cochran. Jacoby, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, my friend. I know it's February 1st, but it's our first time talking, talking. So we yeah. can get it off one last time. It's not too late. Okay, good. I'm glad to hear that. Also here is the delightful Araceli Gomez-Aldana. Araceli, welcome back. I'm glad to check in with you too. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here and happy February. We made it. Yes, we made it. Okay, I think we should start with this Amazon news because... It is already impacting my life and I don't like it. So the company, which is owned by the third richest man in the world, is starting to put ads on its video platform. Has either of you seen them yet? Are you have you been watching Prime content lately? I haven't seen it yet. I, have I know not it's seen coming. Them no. So as someone who has started watching Northern Exposure, I'm haunted by them and it's driving me nuts. Um, as y'all probably know, Amazon Prime already costs $139 a year. But if you do really hate the ads, you can pay an extra three bucks a month to opt out. I do hate the ads, but I also hate the idea of giving Uncle Jeff any more money than I already Thanks. am. Uh-huh. What do you think? I mean, Jacoby, you are like one of my favorite anti-capitalist ranters on this show. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, first, I think it is... The scam that companies are running on us that on one hand, they're like, hey, you don't want to watch these stupid ads. We don't like stupid ads. Pay us three dollars more. But then they go back to the advertiser and they're like, hey, look at all of our our demographic numbers. Mm -hmm. Look at all these people watching Prime. Give us uh, your money so we'll put your ads on here. And so I hate the way they like plan us against one another, trying to get their coin on both sides. Mm -hmm. But the truth is. It might give me, G. It might give me. <laughs> I, know, I, right? know. I know. I know. What's that? $36 a year. <sighs> yeah. uh, is, is that, yeah, thirty about $36 a year. Mm-hmm. And I only really go to Prime for my, like, real sort of mature rated superhero mm-hmm. content. Oh, so, like, yeah. Invincible, the boys. Gen V, The Boys. Like, yeah. I go there to see some really messed up crew, wild ass television. Mm-hmm. And honestly, 
if you ever seen an episode of like Gen V of the boys, it's a lot of gratuitous violence randomly. Yeah. And so that to just be broken up by a Charmin commercial <laughs> really would throw off the vibe that I'm trying to curate. I will say what's really interesting, at least so far, is that the ad spots are only 15 seconds, which like, yes, does go by pretty quickly. But what's really funny is that they're still trying to pack like an entire TV plot into 15 seconds. <laughs> so they the, they make no sense. It's actually kind of fascinating. And it's also interesting to be like angry that I wish they were longer because then they would make sense. But also I don't want to spend any more time. Like it really, the whole thing just is a total mind fuck. Araceli, yeah. are you going to pay three extra bucks? You know, I'm in the same boat. It's probably like I will end up rationalizing it in my brain. Like, yeah. okay, $3 mm-hmm. so I can get through this yeah. show faster but the thing is, like, the whole point of, like, us going to streaming, do you guys remember, was, like, no ads. It was, like, you go mm-hmm. from TV, which is horrible because it's, like, commercials everywhere, to, like, streaming. Mm-hmm. And now every, I swear, everything has commercials. Like, you stream it and everything has commercials. So, like, there, everyone is just tricking us to go back to where we were in the first place. And $3 yeah, is not fair. It's all a lie. <laughs> it's all a lie. <laughs> Like TV shows exist to get you to watch commercials. It's not the other way around, right? Commercials are not in the middle of these TV shows to uh, sort of be supplementary content. In fact, they based if a TV show will get picked up based on how many people are watching it, thus how many ads can we sell? Yeah. And and based on when they're watching it, at what time of the day. And so streaming has just sort of re-reminded us that this is an advertiser's game. And so again, that's why I get back to the top part. It's it's even more bogus that you're sort of being like, hey, you ain't got to watch them. But that also control the bills. And if I'm going to get to see my my next, my favorite TV show next season. And so I don't know, I feel caught in the middle. And so... They might get me, but I'm I'm gonna be upset the whole time. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I will say I'm like I don't know about you guys. Like I'm really good at just like zo- zoning out during the ads. Like I'll grab my phone mm. or I'll, like I'll go get my tea. Mm-hmm. So like I'm always like ah, I'm gonna get them. You know, I'm not gonna pay attention to the ads. <laughs> so, I don't know. Fifteen <laughs> seconds though. I think that's partly what's interesting about fifteen seconds. Yeah, it's like, that's not enough uh, time to go get your tea. You know, right? Yeah. yeah. God bless. Okay, let's talk about another story from this week. Block Club Chicago put out a story saying Chicago Transit Authority announced people can charter L train cars here in Chicago. It starts, the price starts at $3,000 plus a deposit. I think the deposit thing is really funny. Um, you can book anytime on a train except during week, weekday rush hour, which I also think is very funny. Um, the uh-huh. CTA website says by chartering a CTA train, the limits of your venue become the limits of the city itself, uh, which is great copy. Speaking of ads, uh, <laughs> I mean, Araceli, I'm yeah. especially curious since you've spent the last several months not in Chicago. Does the story make you homesick? Like, do you wish you could charter a CTA train or are you like, no, I'm surrounded by palm trees, Greta. I'm fine. <laughs> no, well, no, I'm, I, <laughs> I'm more like. I would not, but like I'm trying to mm. figure out who will. Okay, so mm. like maybe you have this like emotional like attachment to public transportation or specifically mm-hmm. like CTA. Like maybe you were born on the CTA. Maybe you met the love <laughs> of your life on the CTA. I understand. <laughs> but like why would I, who it, it's just mm. a means to an end for me. Like I'm going to get on the train. I'm going right. to get off like. Don't and I often don't want to means to an end. Yes, you know. Yes, like it's uncomfortable. Like I don't. That's why I'm like so interested. In, like who's gonna do this? Because 
First of yeah. all, I think $3,000 is nuts. You know how you what you can do with $3,000. Like that is yeah. so much money. And then to be doing it on a weekday, like not during rush hour, like when are you going to do this? <laughs> I, I don't understand any of it, but it was really great copy. The copy, the idea, like like sort of div- if you immediately divorce the idea from like your everyday experience, trying to get on transit, what you know about transit, Mm -hmm. just the idea of charting a train with some of your closest friends and colleagues, family, and riding around the city and seeing the sights from sort of that elevated ride. Mm -hmm. It sounds cool. Mm -hmm. Right. When you start to put context on it, it quickly (laughs) loses its luster. Let me give you an example. Chicago loves every year to do that snowplow naming contest. Mm -hmm. And when I first hear about it every year, I'm like, okay, that's that's kind of like a cute idea. We name it like you know, city tools. And, and then I start to think about it and I'm like, oh, is them the same snow plows that do a much more terrible job on the South and West yeah. side? Is that yeah. the, the same snow plows that they use to like block us in during protests? Mm. Are those the same snow plows? And I think of it the same with the CTA. I'm like, oh, you know, at first I'm like, okay. But I'm like, is that the same CTA that be ghosting me mm. every other week? Is that the same CTA that schedule I can't trust? But if I give you 3000, you'll show up on time. Right. But y'all clearly not tapped into y'all city audience because I might've just sort of left this in the, in the fine print, but letting this get out to the masses I don't I don't know if y'all gonna be getting the same love. I do want to know what the response is. Like, are people like, what? Or are people like, this is the best thing? Like, I, I don't know. Yeah, really I don't interested. know. If I wanted to sneak alcohol and weed onto a train, I could do it for free and say three thousand dollars. Oh, for That's sure. Totally. Yeah. People are doing it all the time. Yep. <laughs> all yeah. the time. Yeah, I think I'm gonna just keep enjoying the train for the for the two seventy five or whatever else it costs. Well, it is pretty wild to picturing like standing on a train platform, especially on a cold day or whatever, and like seeing one go by that's a chartered, you know, it's got some sign on the front that's like, oh, not for that's you, so true. sucker yeah. or whatever, you know, yeah. it's just like, God, damn. it's just another, you know, just another one of oh those things. <laughs> now that given said, if anybody has a party on there and wants to invite me, I will consider. <laughs> Good for you. What so a free. <laughs> Yeah, free. I'm a guest. I'm not paying. <laughs> okay, so one more question before I let y'all go. This one is about getting over the winter blahs. I thought that was like the Januaryest January ever. Mm-hmm. We just experienced 31 days of Mondays is like kind of how that month felt to me. Uh, we're in February now. I'm not sure it's necessarily going to be any better. It's also 29 days because we're in a leap year. Um, I would love to know what is helping get y'all through this season. Now, Araceli, again, you are surrounded by palm yeah. trees, so you might not be feeling this quite as much yeah. as Jacoby and I, who like, we have a sunny day today, but it's been a long time since we saw that sunshine. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, you know, I'm doing a fellowship at Stanford and it's the John S. K. Journalism Fellowship. And I, the first thing I thought about when I got the fellowship was like, I get to skip a Chicago winter. Like that was like the biggest thing. I was like, yes, because I go through this every year. I get like, I'm so antsy in the in the winter. I always want to be moving and I want to be outside and I want to be with people. And the winter just gets so hard to like do a lot it's of the tough. things that I really enjoy. Yeah. So yeah. I am I'm having a good winter. I did think January was very long, um, but I did a story last year that was like, all about Hugo, which is like this concept that, you know, you can find mm. your own like coziness and get through winter um, yeah, through the I small things. Yeah. So I definitely recommend people like 
do whatever makes you happy during the winter. Like if that is watching a show from beginning to end or starting a new show or like Mm -hmm. just sleeping a lot or (laughs) eating all of your favorite soups, just like whatever it is, you have to do it. I know Jacoby's watching The Sopranos, so that's a good one. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's a really good one. 25th anniversary. Oh, look at you. Come on. I appreciate you listening to the show. Listening (laughs) to the show. Oh, that's so sweet. So, yeah, how's The Sopranos rewatch going, Jacoby? Or had you seen it before? Honestly, is going no i have not cool. so it's my first time watch i have pump faked the first episode maybe four or five times over the years mm. um but now we solidly moved through the first season we're into the second season i think we're pretty locked in um i will say february you know as much as it still has, has some of that sort of dreary gloomy weather some days i also think it's a bit of that of a gimme because there's so many excuses to get out. So many people doing things this month Mm. from black history Mm celebration, you know, Valentine's day comes with a host of events. Lunar new year celebrations Mm -hmm. are coming. Mardi Gras is is around the corner. And so I feel like, you know, I feel like there are plenty of easy low hanging fruit to sort of get out the house, go to a quick event, maybe learn something, maybe meet some new people, maybe be entertained for a little bit and then go home and jump back into your seven season program. Well, Araceli, Jacoby, thank you both very much for coming on. It was a it was a treat to catch up with y'all in this new year. Thanks for having me and good luck, guys. Only a few months more <laughs> left in the winter. Only Thanks, five more months. Come visit you. Right? <laughs> Do it. After the break, we are going to talk about cozy winter cooking. Yeah, I love this weather. Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max, And listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. It's official. We're in deep winter. We made it through January, but it is a 29-day February, and I am certainly dealing with some winter season malaise. You might be too. You know who isn't is Shilpa Uskokovich. She is thriving. Honestly, it is it is snowing right now, and I would not constitute that as shitty. I think it's fantastic. Shilpa is a food editor at Bon Appetit, and I wanted to have her back on the show to make the best of so-called shitty weather by making some delicious recipes. Oh, you have plans? Sorry, I have my eight-hour braise in the oven. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> um, I love nothing better than canceling plans, FYI. <laughs> it's so nice. Okay, so you brought a couple of recipes to recommend for kind of comforting food these days. And one of them is, in fact, a braise. And now this is called... The Dark and Stormy Braised Pot Roast, which I have to say, when I first saw this, I was like, oh my gosh, there's going to be ginger ale in this. And that is so weird. But it actually sounds pretty good. It is excellent. I mean, to give to give our listeners a little bit 
of backstory. The February mm-hmm. issue of um, Bon Appetit magazine is all about the the unofficial name is like cozy season, um, the recipes for mm. staying in. And so my favorite recipe from this whole feature um, is my colleague, Jesse Shefchek's Dark and Stormy Braised Hot Roast. Um, Jesse is my station mate. Actually, we share a station and he puts up with a lot of my shit. Um, but I promise <laughs> I'm picking this because I love it, not because <laughs> I feel like I need to score brownie points with him. Um, personally, like, I am a big sucker for ginger, like ginger beer, ginger chews, ginger mm-hmm. in like mm-hmm. chicken soup mm-hmm. or congee. Like, I want all of it. Um, I love its mm-hmm. brashness, how it can be both like sweet and savory. Um, mm-hmm. The Dark and Stormy is like a classic cocktail featuring rum, ginger beer, and lime. And the fact that Jesse managed to deliver all of the flavor of the cocktail in this meltingly tender braise, to me, feels nothing short of like remarkable. I mean, it is like those are not things that I would put together in my brain. You no, know? It, 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 it's this huge hunk of pot chuck roast. But, you know, you could also use brisket if you want. Then it's like seared and slowly cooks in the oven with like lots of garlic, um, lots of dark rum, plenty of ginger beer, like ginger ale, as you pointed out in the beginning, and uh, <laughs> plus fresh ginger as well. And then a few more aromatics. And then four hours later, these like odd things like, I mean, yes, there is cola braised stuff when you really think about it, but ginger beer in particular... Yes. Um, it's it's slightly out of left field. And four hours later, it comes out and it's so tender. Like you can just cut into it with your fork. You press your fork against the meat and it will just fall apart. Um, and it somehow manages to stay fresh and bracing despite that long four hour cook because of all that ginger in there. And Jesse finishes it with like a bunch of herbs. Um, and perhaps better than the meat is um, are the carrots which have really like mm. absorbed all that braising liquid. So they're especially like tender. They almost like, they almost have the texture of really fresh dates at that point. Oh my God. And it's it's brilliant. I, I love this recipe. It sounds really good. It's funny because yeah, at first glance, I'm sort of like, oh, I don't know about this. But once, if you think of a deconstructed dark and stormy, it's like, yes, I love all of those things. And that sounds fabulous. It's like, I'm kind of mad I already went to the grocery store because I want to get all the stuff that I need for this, like now. <laughs> it's the the weekend. The This is the recipe for the weekend. So there you have it. Yes. I, ma- I oh made your God. dinner okay. plans for you. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. Okay. So you also brought us a recipe for, is it pronounced fugasa? I'm going to say fugas, but you know what? I don't know, French. It's okay. We can say whatever we want. <laughs> Fugas was my guess as a person who does sort of speak French, but the little caption in here does say it's pronounced fu- Fugasa. Okay, let's go with... Is that wild? Let's go with Fugasa. <laughs> it okay, sounds great. ridiculous. Tell us about it. It does. <laughs> Somebody's going to correct us in the comments. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So <laughs> it goes. I picked this because I love baking bread. And I feel like this time mm-hmm. of the year is especially great for baking bread. Um, and I just mm-hmm. want to say to everybody who fears baking bread, let me tell you, if you can bake a cookie, you can bake bread. Bread is yes. bread is easier than baking a cake. Bread will always use instant yeast and your bread will always turn out. Okay. That was mm-hmm. my that was my like <laughs> personal agenda there. <laughs> Moving on to the actual <laughs> I love it. F- f- let's just go with Fugas. I can't say the other one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. Tell me about the fugas. <laughs> well, at this point, like we all know and like love focaccia and 
yes. no one has been spared the magic of no need focaccia. Hannah Asbrink, mm-hmm. who is our deputy food editor at BA, uh, proposes this French bread as a welcome off to the very familiar focaccia. Um, and it's a great argument that Hannah makes. Um, every time she would make it, we would all run up and then be like, Hannah, is it ready? And we would tear off big chunks of um, oh. the, the bread and she would like have to beat us with like a stick <laughs> to just keep us away from, <laughs> from the bread. She'd like, leave some fathers to taste. Um, and if you eat it, when it's about 15 minutes out of the oven, like it hasn't fully oh. cooled down. It's still just warm enough, but not so hot that it's gummy. The top is still like crackly crisp and the inside is really pillowy and cloud-like. And there's just, it's like, there's no better food in this life. You know, that's when mm. you understand, okay, civilization really did develop around bread. Like it, it feels <laughs> primal, you know, when you tear it to mm. this. Um, and it's just so easy to make, you know, standard bread ingredients like flour, salt, olive oil, yeast, um, that kind of stuff. It's no need. You just have to like fold it a few times. It's a very wet dough. Uh, but time and these gentle folds do a lot of the work and build so much structure. And then mm. with just a few well-placed cuts, it comes out of the oven looking like this giant like monstera leaf. Um, it's so beautiful. It is stunning. And you're like, oh, I did that. It's it's just very impressive. You'll you'll totally be that girl when you make it, you know? <laughs> Everybody will think you have your life together. Oh my god, I love it. Well, and the olives and rosemary too. I mean, it just sounds lovely. And then you can you can switch it up. You can put whatever kind of olive you want. If you like really intense flavor, you could do I think Hannah mm. also did try like uh black olives. Um, and you can switch up the herbs. You can use thyme instead. You can hit it with like a garlic butter when it comes out. There's just oh no end to the possibilities with this bread. And it is just so impressive and so easy. Yeah. Okay. So you also brought us the frizzled onion cabbage salad, which is your recipe. It is my recipe. I was like, should I? And then I was like, you know what? Yes. What is a segment if not for a little, you know, like self-promotion? Exactly. Yes. <laughs> but here I am. Toot that horn, Shilpa. <laughs> um Yes, this is my frizzled onion and cabbage salad. It's from a story that I worked on, which was all about onions and how, you know, we always think of onions as just this random thing rolling around in our pantries um, that we just (laughs) cut a few pieces and add it to something else. But this Mm -hmm. uh, story that I worked on was out to prove that onions can be their own thing and that they're delicious on their own. Um, And the frizzled onion cabbage salad is essentially like a coleslaw, if you can think of it that way. Uh, it features Napa cabbage, just but you could also use regular cabbage. Um, and then it gets tossed with this creamy fish sauce dressing. It uses like Vietnamese, like nok cham, but then, which is like fish sauce, lime juice, garlic. Mm-hmm, then mm-hmm. I add a layer of peanut butter in there. So what what is normally a very liquid dressing suddenly becomes really thick and creamy. And then you use that oh to dress the cabbage with. Um, and then it gets topped off with these quickly fried onions, um, which are like French's, like, you know, the store-bought fried onions, but 10 times better. Magical. Because you just made them yourself and they're fresh um, and they retain all of that flavor. Um, and honest, in summing up this salad, like, I feel like I really can't say it better than how I wrote it in the magazine myself. Like this salad is, it's it's dynamic. It's hot and it's cold. It's crisp. It's soft. It's sweet. It's spicy. 
it's really like a sensorial delight. You you have to be there to experience it. And you're like, wow, this is just the thing you want in winter when everything is like bleak and gray. And then here's this cabbage salad. Say. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it sounds like there's a brightness to it, which is like so often missing in what you would think of with like a cozy winter meal. So I'm glad you brought this one. Great. I'm happy that you love it, Greta. <laughs> yeah. This one is just there to remind you that winter food is not all, you know, um, beans and braises, though I did speak about a braise. Yeah, there you but go. <laughs> this, this is here to slap you out of your winter funk. I love that so much. I also feel like we can't let you go without talking about another recipe you recently released, which is the pizza piroshki, which I made last oh. week and were delicious. Oh my God, I'm so delighted to hear you say that. Thank you. Oh my God, they were so much fun too. It was one of those recipes where I was like, I could see swapping out a million different, you know, it's like, what a useful template to have. Oh yeah, you could put almost, well, yeah, with caution, but yes, almost anything in there (laughs) instead of, instead of the pizza filling that, yeah, you know what, after, after a few years of working as a recipe developer, you realize you can't just say flipping things like, oh, you can put anything in there that has consequences. (laughs) So now I like learn to moderate myself. Um, So please do not put anything in there. <laughs> I I loved working on that piroshki. Uh, you know, I'm I'm Indian, but my my husband is Serbian. So it wasn't until I met him and married him that I learned like this different food ways and traditions. And it was amazing to learn of this piroshki, learn how it's common across so many Balkan countries and all mm-hmm. the different variations. Um, I loved my version and I was really proud of the dough that I developed for that one because it uses yeah. just sour cream um, and yes. no other liquid to bring it together. So it's like extra, extra tender uh, and soft. I just, I love that one. I also just love the idea of sort of like elevated stoner food, which I feel like that could qualify as. You know what I mean? My mother might listen, so I have to pretend like I don't know what you mean. But. <laughs> oh, okay. That's fair. That's fair. Sorry, Shilpa's mother. Don't disregard. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, Shilpa, thank you so much for coming on. This was just such a pleasure. Thank you. It is always a joy to speak to you. All right. That's it for this week. A friendly reminder. We would love to hear you holler and flail about your favorite humans for our Galentine slash Valentine's Day episode. You can do that by emailing a little voice memo to nerdatpodcast at gmail.com. And it's never too late to get on the book club train for the next couple of months. Our February selection is Come and Get It by Kylie Reed. March, we are reading Martyr by Kaveh Akbar. And in April, we are reading Beautyland by Marie Helene Bertino. So join us. We would love to have you. Nerdite is produced by me and Anna Bauman at WBEZ in Chicago and is part of the NPR network. And our executive producer is Brendan Banaszak. We will see you next week. I'm good, but I just like, I'm so snacky and tired. I'm snacky and tired. Wow, Brenna. Yep. <laughs> yep. That's me. We need that on a t-shirt. That's great. That is, that is the mood for winter. <laughs> Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max and listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts.